Hi, this is Jeff. And this is Mariana. And we're professional storytellers who love books. Welcome to Fiction Friends. Where we take a deep dive into the most popular fiction titles in all of literature. From classic reads and old-time favorites. To modern romance and contemporary thrillers. Join us as we discover new ways to read, look at, and talk about books. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you stay up to date with every new release. Hi guys! We are so happy to announce that we are on to our last episode of Fiction Friends. And we are ending it with a classic. Drumroll, please! F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby. So the Jeff, Great Gatsby. Do you want to start with a quick summary for this? Yeah, so um, actually I pushed Mariana into doing this book because The Great Gatsby is one of my favorite books of all time. It's pro- maybe I would say my second favorite book of all time. What's um, your first? The Watchmen by Alan Moore. Uh, okay. uh, it's a graphic novel. But uh, yeah, so uh, next to that. Great Gatsby is also probably one of my most repeatedly read books of all time. Um, so yeah, it's a story about... It's a, it's written from a perspective of a guy named Nick Carraway. The, the entire book takes place within a span of just a few months, wherein he moves into this section of Long Island in a small house, wherein uh, next to him is this big, glorious mansion who uh, that belongs to a guy named Gatsby. And so Gatsby throws all of these amazing parties, and uh, yes. it's like the entire <laughs> New York City flocks to his house, house every yeah. weekend just to experience that those parties. And in the book, we discover who Gatsby is, why he throws these parties, and what his motivations are, and what makes him great. So it's a story about love and ambition and uh, identity and it, it also touches on social class and it's 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 a very deep book that has a lot of metaphors it's very uh, there's a lot to unpack there and personifications yes. and symbolisms yes. um, it's packed with so much and hopefully we can get to everything today but that's essentially the gist of the story it explores the the life of the mysterious man named Gatsby and yes. it's told through the eyes of a guy named Nick Garraway. it's and I don't know maybe we can segue into how we feel about the book do you want to start yeah. this all right. Yeah. So it is undeniable how intimidating it is to review a literary masterpiece, let alone yeah. a cinematic masterpiece as well. Yeah. So let me begin by saying I have seen the movie before reading the novel. And I must mm. admit, Daisy in the film was way more likable than Daisy in the book. And since we're not doing a comparative analysis, but merely a book review, I want to get this out of the way. I'm so glad my favorite actor, Leonardo DiCaprio, played (laughs) Gatsby's role. I feel like it was perfectly for him. But yeah, yeah, impeccable casting, not only to Jay Gatsby, but the rest of them as well. And I adored the movie, but it was was so magical and charming. It gave me more feels than the book. Perhaps oh. it also had something to do with the soundtrack. Interesting. Oh, Hugh the soundtrack Lana of The Great Gatsby was, yeah, and yeah, it was we'll really good. we'll get to that later on. Yeah. So yeah. let's get right into it. Mr. Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald's writing is fascinating. Beautiful, mm-hmm. to say the least. Wait, hold on. Is this your first Fitzgerald book? Yes. Okay. okay. It's a sin. Is it a sin? For someone no, no, no. Who's it's, like it's, 20 t- plus? it's typically 
the people's first introductions to Fitzgerald. To Fitzgerald. Yeah. So it takes you back to another time, the Roaring Twenties. Such a fun yes. time to imagine, to read about the wealth and decadence of that era. The luxury. Yes, perfectly encapsulated in this book. Mm-hmm. So it has a fast-paced plot, a hundred pages to devour. But yeah. because of the metaphors and personification, it was a hard piece to consume. Mm-hmm. Fitzgerald is a master in making characters that irk you to the point of hate, and we are presented with a narrator who is the twenties version of Charlie from Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> <laughs> the observer. Yeah, he was yeah. present, but was not in any way helpful at all. I would like to think he was Loki and enabler, or perhaps he just wanted to keep the room peaceful. But we will get mm-hmm. into that in the second part of this episode, where we can openly discuss why. Yeah. And then we are presented with Daisy, the flower everyone wants to pick, the reason, the plot. And then we have Jay Gatsby, the American dream, the one who gives life to all these lavish parties in hopes that one day his lover from long ago will yeah. swing by to visit his gothic mansion. He is yeah. an epitome of an obsessed lover with misplaced devotion. Mm-hmm. Such a pitiful and heartbreaking sight. It's a plot-driven book which will keep you turning page after page. And within a hundred pages, we see experience so much from the characters, um, feel so much emotion, we ache for the beauty of his phrases. And here's some of my favorites. The exhilarating ripple of her voice was a wild tonic in the rain. And another, so we drove on toward death through the cooling twilight. So it's just some of the many phrases I got goosebumps listening to you say Yeah. <laughs> He masterfully inserts lines like this in moments so apt it makes them powerful. So the many times. So many times. So many yes. times, yeah. Which makes it lovely. Yeah. And the way the author describes the character, it's so witty. Like one description I remember, to mm-hmm. give a brief background, this is where Daisy's husband gets introduced. And it yeah. goes like, her yeah. husband, among yeah. various physical accomplishments, had been one of the most powerful ends that ever played football at New Haven, a national yeah. figure in a way, one of those men who reached such an acute, limited excellence at 21 <laughs> that everything afterward savors of anticlimax. Yeah. And this paints a picture of how Daisy's partner might carry around insecurities in his pocket, or maybe he's a prick. We have yet Let to me just find say- out. That that's the most elegant way of phrasing he peaked in high school. Like yeah. that's like, that's <laughs> exactly. essentially the point there, but it's so elegantly yeah. phrased and I, and I Fitzgerald I, is shocked. so good at that. Yeah, it's only like hundred and eighty four pages for me. I don't know mm. yeah, how many for you. Around something like that, yeah. But like he says all these things and then it's still that short. It's still yes. so brief, you know? Yes. Yes. And this novel is deception at its finest. It's a bite yeah. of the forbidden fruit. Yeah. Your turn. Let me uh, hear your thoughts. I don't know. Where do I even start? The Great Gatsby is my, again, you know, it's my second most favorite novel of all time. Uh, <laughs> let's get the most impressive thing out of the way. Like, yes. I agree with you. This is a really short book. In my vintage classics edition, it's barely 150 pages long. Oh. Um yeah, so unless the font is really big, you probably yes. wouldn't be able to find a copy of this book that has more than 200 pages on it. Like, um, yeah. 
Yeah. So sure. the, the genius of this book is that Fitzgerald managed to cram so much depth and so much, so many layers to the story yes. in such few words. Now, uh, very few, if any, characters in this book are likable. Like, I think you will agree with me when I say that. Like, these aren't characters that, like, you fall in love with them. Like, oh, I want to be like this character. Yeah, no, not, no, no, not at yeah. all. Now, hold on. Before I continue with my review, I just want to do a little PSA to all our <laughs> listeners out there. Because I posted something in a Facebook yes. uh, book lovers group a few days back. Or no, a few weeks back about The Catcher in the Rye. And I asked, uh, uh, I really love this book, but a lot of people also seem to hate it. Um, why do why does, Why does everyone... What do you feel about this book? Why, yeah. why do you hate it? Why do you love it? And a lot of the answers, I think you know already. A lot of the answers are like, uh, I hate this book because I hate the character. I hate yeah. the I hate Holden Caulfield. He's a terrible character. Yeah. Um, you, I, I just want to say this as a PSA for anyone who's listening. The quality of a book shouldn't be judged by how likable the characters are. The characters are. are. Exactly. Because I can even make the argument that you can have more depth and more layers to the novel the more flawed, the more uh, imperfect a character, the character is. Like, is. They, they, they make a character more realistic. It's like Walter White, Breaking Bad, you know? He's yeah. he's a deplorable human being, but it's such a captivating story. It's, it's incredible. And I think that's what The Great Gatsby also represents. However, I know that Fitzgerald... I mean, this is the genius of Fitzgerald right here. He knew that his book wouldn't be so popular if he made all of his characters unlikable, which they were. So yeah. he tried to compensate it. Uh, he tried to compensate for it in what happens when readers realize that the great Gatsby isn't so great, the person Gatsby. He hooks people on through two things, Fitzgerald, through his prose and through his pacing. Number one, I think no one would ever disagree that this book beautifully written. There yeah. were stretches wherein I found myself rereading stretches yes. just because of how well no, they were written like, like what like what you mentioned a while ago about like that that this about how he peaked in high school like yeah. no one has ever written that idea in that way like Fitzgerald exactly. only Fitzgerald can do that and you're so captivated by the prose by the way that he writes the poetry and you don't really care about the characters like you're able yeah. to overlook how unlikable they are number two the pacing it's really fast you're always made to feel like something's happening like you're, you're you you as you make your way through the story you always feel like you're progressing so quickly because yeah. it's happening all at once it's all it's all it's it's one one scene after another after another after another there's there are no dragging parts and so Fitzgerald knew that like if he could pace this book b- properly and if he could write it so beautifully people would be able to overlook the fact that none of these characters are likable at all and Again, that's part of the genius of Fitzgerald. Um, unfortunately, this book wasn't popular up until he died. Uh, we'll get into that later. But for me, uh, yeah, the, the characters were, despite not being likable, they were incredibly deep and they were very complex. The book was heavy on themes of ambition. Many people might think that The Great Gatsby is a love story, which at the it surface, is. it is. It at the surface, is. it is. But in my opinion, the book is really a story about human ambition. I've read this book four times. Um, with each time, the first time I took a look at the plot as a whole. The second time I took a look at Nick Carraway. The, sec- the third time I took a look at Gatsby. And in this in this particular reading, I took a, look, a deeper look at Daisy. And I've discovered something new with each character every time. And yes, it's a plot-driven book. 
because of how fastly Fast, it's paced. Yeah. But there are there's so much depth to unpack from the characters as well. Yeah, and, that's why I was kind of confused if it was character driven or plot yeah, driven because it was yeah. like both. You know, it's like both exactly. Yeah. yeah. See how good uh, the book is. So genius, it's, uh, like um, amazing for people who've never read. Uh, classics before and they always yes. and they ask me uh, what's a classic that I should get into this tends to be the first answer I give people it's either The Great Gatsby or it's To Kill a Mockingbird and I feel like oh. these these two books are good introductions to people to, who want to, to read classic. classics so I mean I guess we can segue into who we think this book is for also so I'm, I personally think that this book is good for people who uh, who want to try to appreciate classic classics, literature yes. but are too intimidated by it uh, yeah. This book is not intimidating. Well, it it's, is, it's, it's deep. It's very deep and it's very complex, but it's so enjoyable. Your reading experience yeah. is going to be so enjoyable that you won't mind it. This book is lovely. It has great prose, rhythmic pacing, interesting characters, and substantial depth. Um, yes. All of these are the basic ingredients for a great novel. Five out of five stars for me. I feel like High school readers can yeah. read yeah, this, definitely. but yeah. college readers will appreciate it better. Yeah. There are two ways that you can enjoy The Great Gatsby. One is if you just want to enjoy the prose and, again, the poetry by which yeah. uh, Fitzgerald writes. That's that's the easy reading. That's where the easy reading part comes in. And then there's another way where you can, you can take the more academic approach to reading The Great Gatsby, wherein you really try to analyze the metaphors, the metaphors and the personifications yes. and and uh, all the all the contextual clues that Fitzgerald is trying to input into the story. And that might take you a while. It might take you multiple readings. Yes, Again, I've yes. read this like four times and I'm still figuring things out. Even now, there are still stuff that I can't decide on what my interpretation is. And I'm hoping you can help enlighten me on what your interpretations are. Later on, I'm going <laughs> to ask you about them. Uh, so yeah, I think that concludes my initial reviews of the book. It's a great book, regardless yes. of who you are. If you like literature, read The Great Yatsby. You could finish it in a day, like yeah, literally. It's so short. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So maybe we can move on to the context surrounding yes. the book. We can round up this initial phase of the review. Interestingly enough, The Great Gatsby was inspired by Fitzgerald's lifelong obsession with a girl named Ginevra King, who inspired the character of Daisy Buchanan. So th- she's like a socialite. Back in the twenties, uh, early yes. late late nineteen tens, nineteen twenties. The book is based in the Prohibition era of America, and um, so the story with with that was Fitzgerald was so obsessed with this girl, and he wanted to marry her, and they were both deeply in love. But her parents didn't allow her to marry him because he was poor; he didn't have any money. And so, what he ended up doing was he joined the army. He enlisted in the army. So much while, like Gatsby. Yeah, much like Gatsby. And while he was in the army, he met a girl named uh, Zelda. And he f- he fell in love with her. And then he got news that uh, the girl he was originally in love with, Geneva King, got married to some rich guy. Uh, I forgot his name. But he's essentially the guy who inspired Tom Buchanan in the book also. And so what yeah what Fitzgerald decides to do is he marries Zelda Fitzgerald but uh Zelda just tells him that okay I'll only marry you once you have money to you know support the both of us when we're married so he becomes yes. a writer he becomes successful and then once he gets enough money that's when he marries Very Zelda true. When F Scott Fitzgerald marries Zelda and he gets rich as a result of his writing um he starts 
hanging out with richer and more affluent people and he starts to discover like the ostentatious lifestyles of these people and how deplorable their personalities are and he and he doesn't like that and yes. uh, he 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 sees so much superficiality in those kinds of it lifestyles is, yes. and again that's a theme that's very evident in the great gatsby the novel as well unfortunately the book was originally published in 1925. It was published to mixed critical reviews. Some critics loved it. Some critics didn't. Um, however, on a more popular scale, it was a commercial flop. Not many people were buying the book. It was only when Fitzgerald died in 1940. The New York Times hailed him as a brilliant novelist in his obituary that they published on the, on the newspaper. And they cited that The Great Gatsby was his greatest work. And after that, uh, scholars writing circles started paying closer attention to the great gatsby and then word of mouth it spreaded like wildfire the great gatsby yeah. started this was distributed to soldiers during the war and it was being taught in schools and and everyone just suddenly had a copy of the great gatsby right now around 70 million copies have been sold as of 2020 many scholars and critics have dubbed the great gatsby as an enduring work of fiction yeah, uh, there have been multiple renditions of it in terms of movies. There's a 1940s movie that I know of, but it no one can find a copy of it except for a trailer online. There's a 1974 movie starring Robert Redford, but it takes a more romantic approach to the storytelling. So it's mostly right, like yes. the love story aspect of it. There's also a straight to TV movie that not many people are aware of. It was it was made in the year 2000, and Nick Carraway was actually played by Paul Rudd. Who oh. is yeah? So he's Ant Man in the MCU, and he was on Friends also. And then, of course, I think the one that most people are familiar with is the Baz Luhrmann Leo's, version, yeah, uh, with Leo DiCaprio as the lead and Toby Maguire as Nick Carraway. I think we can take some time to talk about that movie because um, I feel like it allowed The Great Gatsby to reach more audiences, especially yes. in the modern age. So it was perfect. They got Leo. For more clout. I agree with you. Yes. The casting was amazing. Like, everyone played that their roles, their roles perfectly. Particularly well. Yes. Carrie Mulligan's portrayal of Daisy is so dreamlike. Yeah. And it's essentially how how I got the vibe of her as oh, well when I was see? reading the book. Of course, Baz Luhrmann's visuals are like, it's always consistently amazing, over-the-top amazing, which is a perfect representation of how uh, Fitzgerald saw that era of the, the Roaring Twenties anyway. It's like an ostentatious uh, display of wealth. Yeah. And I, I feel like the over-the-top kind of visual Baz Luhrmann style of storytelling is it's perfect. It, like, it, fit, it fits seamlessly with that whole theme of an exaggerated lifestyle of, luxur of luxury and like flash. Yeah, and even the cinematography and the color grading. Yeah, was everything. Like, perfect. Yeah, I read. I rewatched the movie recently. Yeah, you did also. And, yeah, like today. Uh, today. Yeah, I watched yeah, it, it today. It's only the second time that I've watched this movie, and I was surprised to find that it's so much better than I had imagined remembered. it to be. Yeah, remember yeah, it like, to be. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, please do. Yeah, it's really good. But read the book first. I think I would. I would advise ah, you to read yeah, the book. Of course, first. read the book first. Yeah, so I guess that does it for our spoiler-free spoiler content. Uh, we'll be right back where we can talk about the spoilery parts of The Great Gatsby after this break. More we'll, in-depth. Yeah, more in-depth. I'm very excited to get to that part. So we'll talk to you later. All right, bye. And that concludes the spoiler-free portion of the episode. If you do plan on reading the book, 
please feel free to come back and join us in the conversation in the second part of this episode. We'll be right back. And now we're back in the second part of our podcast where we discuss our favorite lines and quotes. And our favorite moments, as well as our final thoughts. So let's start yes. first with the quote. I actually have yeah. a long list for this, but I guess we might have duplicates here. So Maybe. yeah, okay. because again, this book is like filled with I don't not know how he... quotes, but lines. Yeah, because I don't know how he did it. I don't know if like he just did this all in one go and made sure every paragraph was written was so written, well. Yes. Or, or if he obsessed over every single word because that's what it felt like. Like every single paragraph felt like he obsessed over every single yes. word just because of how <laughs> methodically it was constructed. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what you what you, what quotes he what, chose. Well, the first quote is also found in the first part and it's funny. The first page actually. And okay. it's funny because my dad also told me the exact same advice because he's okay. always been an advocate for kindness. And it goes like this. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Whenever you feel like criticizing anyone, he told me, just remember that all the people in this world haven't had the advantages that you've had. And I want to, and I want everyone to remember this too, so we can cut out the crappy cancel culture online. Like, this is such an important quote for people to remember. Like, especially when you criticize somebody. Yeah, so that is a great quote. Like, it's a great way to phrase that whole idea of we shouldn't be yes. so quick to judge other people. Yes. But this actually speaks a lot of Nick's character as well. So as the narrator. In th- the book is structured weirdly because Fitz- it's Fitzgerald is the author, but yes. the way that the book is written, it's like Nick Carraway is the author, the author of the book. Yes, the narrator. Right? Yes. Yeah, basically. And yeah. He opens with this book, uh, with this line. It's very sympathetic. It's very... He tries to get you on his side right away. Yes. It's, he, he mentions his father. My father once imparted this really great lesson on me. You shouldn't judge other people uh, unless you know what, uh, what their circumstances are, something like that. And then he proceeds the entire book to judge everyone. Everyone, he, exactly. He judges everyone. <laughs> and judgment is a very big theme in this book. Yes, um, it is. Mostly represented by the symbolism of the all-seeing eyes of Dr. Yes. Eckelberg. And actually, Nick judges everyone in this book except for the person he romanticizes, the great Gatsby, Gatsby himself. Yes. Yeah. So like that that line in particular, it's it's a foreshadowing, it's a foretelling of Nick's um ideology and how he see he saw that era of American history and how he saw Gatsby as a person. And right off the bat, as a reader, a perceptive reader would say, okay, so I'm on his side. He seems like he's very all-knowing, like he's very yes, wise. And then but... as you get to read to the book, <laughs> like you see, he, he's very biased. He's he's not as impartial as you think. And yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I love that juxtaposition between those two things. So anything else? Do you have another quote you want to share? Here it goes. And I like large parties. They're so uh-huh. intimate. At small parties, there isn't any privacy. And yeah, that sums up Gatsby's party. Sometimes it yes. may even make you feel lonely. And yeah. I don't know how it does that, but it does. I, I remember when, I think that was the first time Nick 
went to the party and he yeah. felt so awkward because he didn't know anyone. And then he breathes a huge sigh of relief when he sees Jordan Baker for the first time. And then he says, oh, you're here. And then yeah. she was like, oh, well, I expected to see you here, you know, stuff like that. And he was so happy to have finally found someone because he felt so lonely despite being surrounded by so many different people. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I, mean, I think we've all been in that situation at least once in our lives, like being surrounded by so many people and feeling people, like... Yeah. We're so alone. Yeah, and it's very intimate and everything. Yeah, I, lo- I love that line so much. It's filled with so many lines like that, this book. <laughs> do you, do you want to say your lines first before sure. my last? Because like, I have a last line here. Okay, sure. So, I mean, again, as you said, like this book yeah. is filled with so many poetic moments. So, I'm just going to run through all of them without really having to explain. Explain I'm just gonna, each one. Yes. They're just beautiful for the sake of being sake beautiful. Of, yes. so, here's one. So, this is when... This is how Nick is describing seeing Jordan Baker's face. So he says, For a moment, the last sunshine fell with romantic affection upon her glowing face. Her voice compelled me forward breathlessly as I listened. Then the glow faded, each light deserting her with lingering regret, like children leaving a pleasant street at dusk. <laughs> like, wow, man. Fitzgerald showing off again. Okay, so, uh, there's another one. This is when uh, Nick goes on into this monologue. Yeah. Says, I've been drunk only twice in my life. And the second time was that afternoon when he was partying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still in he the first his, part. Yeah, he concludes his monologue by saying, I was within and without, simultaneously enchanted and repelled by the inexhaustible variety of life. <laughs> and then I, I, I don't remember. I, I recall how they portrayed this in the movie where like he yeah. was looking down on himself and then he was looking up at himself at the building also. Yes. And that was like and perfectly He was seeing himself. He was seeing yeah. himself in the street. Brilliant. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, another line. So when Nick sees Gatsby for the first time, he smiled understandingly, much more than understandingly. It was one of those rare smiles with the quality of eternal reassurance in it that you may come across four or five times in life. It faced, or seemed to face, the whole eternal world for an instant and then concentrated on you with an irresistible prejudice in your favor. It understood you just as far as you wanted to be understood, believed in you as you would like, as you would like to believe in yourself, and assured you that it had precisely the impression of you that at your best you hoped to convey i will forgive the run on sentences because my god that entire that <laughs> entire paragraph so well written like, and it was so port- it was portrayed pretty good remember like when we first meet leo it was when he comes out and then he's holding yeah, the drink holding and up then the gup- the cup and then the fireworks, fireworks behind, behind him. him. <laughs> that's like wow, even a meme. That's like a, gif. Yeah, that's like a, a meme now. A, a meme, yeah. A gif. Yeah. A gif, like, yeah, yes. Yeah. You know what's also like, speaking of drinking, Yeah. I have a quote about it. I think, yeah, it's, go ahead. It's um, Nick talking about Daisy and mm-hmm. he says, but she came out with an absolutely perfect reputation, perhaps because she doesn't drink. It's a great advantage not to drink among hard-drinking people. You can mm-hmm. hold your tongue, and moreover, you can time any little irregularity of your own so that everybody else is so blind that they don't see or care. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, that's so it's well nice. written. Yeah. I, get, I, I only have one more, and it's... Okay. Um, when when Nick is describing Gatsby and Daisy kissing for the first time, it took. his heart beat faster and faster as Daisy's white face came up to his own. He knew that when he kissed this girl and forever wed his 
unutterable visions to her perishable breath, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. So he waited, listening for a moment longer to the tuning fork that had been struck upon a star. Then he kissed her. At his lips' touch, she blossomed for him like a flower, and the incarnation was complete. <laughs> oh my god as a writer it's so frustrating to read something like that and think I could never write yeah, anything else yeah, like I could never think about like, something like this even half as good as that like Fitzgerald it boggles the mind for me to think how he was able to because consp- there are so many passages like that in the book like so many yeah. and it boggles the mind for me to think like how much time did he spend developing that particular paragraph over and over, over again. again because it's so meticulously crafted and it's so intentional and it's not it's very I, I, I know I say this a lot it kind of loses its luster but it's yeah. very rare you don't yeah. no one writes like this no like one yes. in contemporary contemporary literature no one writes like this and it's amazing that's why I love Fitzgerald so much how um, come you didn't mention the last I feel like that was a great which one the last oh. the last line of the book okay um, I, I was actually going to save that for my favorite moments. But, okay, so yeah, let's leave that but, there then because I'm also going to start with the quote. I'm actually done with my favorite quotes. Quotes, Yeah, me also. Yeah. So let's yeah. move okay, on to so the favorite moments. All right, all right. Let's do that. Yeah, okay. Me, I only have like one one moment, but it's like a series of happenings mm-hmm. in the book. Yeah. I don't know if you would agree to me when I say this is the falling action. So anyway, I'd like to start my favorite moment with a quote that speaks volumes as to how Daisy is as a character. Mm-hmm. He knew that Daisy was extraordinary, but he didn't realize just how extraordinary a nice girl could be. She vanished into her rich house, into her yeah. rich, full life, leaving yeah. Gatsby nothing. He yeah. married to her. That was yeah. all. Yeah. So first of all, before we fight Daisy, for those of you who have not read the book or seen the movie but happen to find yourself in the second part of this episode, Daisy has this fleeting affair with Gatsby, someone she, has, she hasn't seen for five years but has been in love with him ever since. So Gatsby asks her to be with him instead. And yeah. she has these second thoughts, which is totally understandable. I mean, it has barely been a year. So you don't, expect everyone to jump into a lifetime decision over something new. But then some people are like arguing na, wow, she's so selfish. She didn't even like... Because pe- some some people push for Gatsby and Daisy, which is not always the case. So Gatsby and Daisy's husband, Tom, had this confrontation with Daisy forced to choose and it ends up with her panicking and then driving home with Gatsby and then she accidentally hits her husband's mistress to her death. I know this is a lot to take in, which is also why this is my favorite moment in the book. That series of happenings. So Gatsby ends up covering for her and he expects her to run away with him in that morning. So he waits and waits, but she never shows up and she finds comfort and seeks help to her husband. And this is her entire character development and as much as we love to hate her as much as we want her to end up with Gatsby she is just looking out for herself her child not to mention how much of a scandal it would be if things turned out different especially at a time like that so that's it that was my favorite moment that series Uh, I'm glad that you brought up Daisy because she's a very interesting character 
she uh, there's is, a lot yes. to unpack with her. There's this one particular quote that she says about her child being a beautiful fool and whatever. Um, we'll get to that later. But there's this one scene I want to ask you about because in the movie, <laughs> it's my quiz? favorite scene. Is this a quiz? Yes, yes. It's a quiz. It's, there's something that happens in, with Daisy that I yes. don't fully understand. Okay, which is it? So there's the scene in my favorite scene in the movie is when Gatsby is in his bedroom and he's throwing all of his beautiful shirts at at her into the air and I then it's landing on, Ga- on Daisy and then Daisy cries right and Gatsby and Nick ask her oh hey Why what's wrong you? why yeah, are you crying yeah. and then she replies I've never seen so many beautiful shirts before um, obviously that was a lie because, yeah, because she, she's she paused. so rich and yeah and she paused like yeah. there was a hesitation she hesitated. there yeah she hesitated yeah. that was the thing What? why was she crying Mariana? <laughs> No, no, like what what do you think? Because it's oh I've, my been, God. I've been trying to I've been trying to analyze I, every single time I read this book, I've been trying to analyze that scene from many different angles. And I think I've come to a decision on how I interpret that scene could be, but I want to hear what you think first. Oh my god, this might be so like far out. But okay. the way I saw it, maybe it had something to do with um a situation also, an experience or something. But the way I saw it was she wished it would have been him. Yeah. That's why he, yeah. she was crying because she wished na it was him. He, like, she ended up with him after yeah, all. Yeah, after all. That's, like, that's also kind of what I... That's how I interpreted it. Like, well, number one, th- these are expensive items of clothing. Like, yeah. they're made, were, you know, they're flannel and silk and wool and linens and all like the fanciest fabric that you can make clothes out of. And... I feel like she started crying because she realized just how shallow her perception of love really love was. Love. And like she was so enchanted by these clothes. And then she realized, why am I so fascinated by these but things? Yeah. They're literally just clothes. And I mean, that's one interpretation that I had in my mind. But another was, yeah, she realized Gatsby was able to achieve everything that that she wanted for a partner yeah like that's yeah that's how i saw it also yeah but somehow i ended up with a guy who cheats on me and who like yeah he's rich wait long enough yes exactly so like if i had just waited i still would have gotten the practical quote-unquote practical outcome that i would have wanted if i had just waited for him however there there was like complete uncertainty there right so you can't really like blame her for yeah because, like, yeah. you know how in the olden times also, like, they push you to marry right away, right? Yeah, like, so I'm, I'm glad that you say that because part of why I interpreted it as a way that like, she realized her own shallowness was because of that quote that she says um, about her child. So, um, hold Was on. it when she I gave birth? No, 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 no. It's like uh, when Nick is asking her about her daughter and then she, she says, I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best yeah, thing yeah. a girl can be in this world. A beautiful little fool. And yeah, it's, that's so it's, cute. It's because she grows up in an. This, take note, this is a time of human existence wherein yes. women are discouraged from being intelligent and, and yes. from being, you know, accomplished people. And Daisy realized that it's wrong for women to have ambition and to want to amount to something greater. And it's a great juxtaposition to people like Gatsby who are so ambitious, who have dreams, who are, you know, striving so hard to pursue their dreams. And. Or it's, Jordan. Yeah, or yeah, or Jordan, the, Who, the, the accomplished best golfer. Yeah. yeah. That she actually <laughs> achieved something in her life. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's it's tainted because, you know, it, there's this rumor that she's uh, cheat she cheated in that one golf tournament or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, so I so like 
I again, it's like it's almost as if Fitzgerald is saying like these women they're made to believe like they can't they're not supposed to amount to anything because yes. like that's they're women. because of their yeah gender. so it's it's a yes. commentary on the gender roles within back in that the day back, back in, in that, that time. era so, yeah. It's not explicitly mentioned that that's what this book is about, but I love but that yes. it touched on those themes also. Any other moments you want to talk about? No, 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 no. That was just my favorite, so I had okay. to mention that. Okay, so I I want to bring up the significance of the green light. So the green light is a very important symbol in The Great Gatsby. It's only three times that it's referenced in the book. Yeah. So the first time we 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 see the green light is when Nick is coming home from the party and he sees Gatsby out on the um the jetty. dock yeah the dock and he's he he doesn't know that it's Gatsby but he gets a feeling that it's Gatsby because they haven't really met yet and then yes. Gatsby is reaching his hand out in front of him and then Nick looks to where he's reaching out towards and it's actually a it's actually the green light that's yeah. uh, on Daisy's house so that's the first reference to the green light and it represents uh, in symbolism, it symbolizes the the undying dream that that Gatsby has of his of pursuing Daisy, Daisy of his yes. fantasy of wanting to be with Daisy, of fulfilling his relationship. I totally overlooked that. <laughs> seeing it through, I mean, it's very it's very uh, what do you call this? Subtle. I I don't blame you for overlooking it. Yeah. Um, I only started looking for these things the second or third times I I read it. So yeah. So the next time that he references the green light. So this is what happens when Gatsby brings up the house for the uh, the green light for the second time. It's yes. when he meets Daisy uh, for the first time, when Nick arranges for them to meet at his house. And then Gatsby says, If it wasn't for the mist, we could see your home across the bay, said Gatsby. You always have a green light that burns all night at the end of your dock. Daisy put her arm through his abruptly, but he seemed absorbed in what he had just said. Possibly it had occurred to him that the colossal significance of that light had now vanished forever. So in this in this particular instance, the second time that the green light is referenced, yes. it's no longer a dream to him. It's no longer something that he's striving towards, that he's been building his whole life up That's, towards. Yeah. Because it's now a reality. And he's now trying to grasp the idea that Daisy is no longer something I'm reaching for. She's already right there. beside me. Yes. And so in this part, Gatsby has to make a decision. Is the dream that I have been striving towards for the past how many years, is it everything I thought it would be? Is yeah. she everything that I thought she would be? Yes. So and in the final in the final time that the that the light is referenced, it's actually in the last towards the last paragraphs of the book. And it I'll, I'll just read it out here. And as I sat there brooding on the old unknown world. I thought of Gatsby's wonder when he first picked out the green light at the end of Daisy's dock. He had come a long way to this blue lawn, and his dream must have seemed so close that he could hardly fail to grasp it. He did not know that it was already behind him. Somewhere back in that vast obscurity beyond the city where the dark fields of the Republic rolled on under the night. So in this, in this particular paragraph, we're made to see that the green light, it's no longer a dream. It's no yes. longer present in reality. It's something that lives in the past. And it's it's everything that's left of that green light is just the symbol that it represents. Yes. And it's no longer existent in the present time. And I love how that green light in particular played, played such a big role in the storytelling. And 
it's so seamlessly integrated into the plot by Fitzgerald that like, that people uh, barely you, know it's so easy it. to miss it yeah it's so it's so easy to miss it but uh, oh my god once you take the time to really think about when this green light is brought up in conversations it's it carries so much depth and yeah. i don't know it's it's amazing there's also this aside from uh, the obsession with ambition there's always this constant obsession that gatsby has with time he's always obsessed with going back to the past past yes yeah right um i think there was this quote nick says you can't change the past gatsby and then gatsby says of course you can, right? Because he's convinced that like he wants to go back to the past because that's where his his dreams dwell. That's like the past that he had with Daisy, Daisy yeah. is what he wants his future to be as well. So there's this constant battle between the past, between wanting to go to the future by looking towards the, the past. The past, yes. And so like he, going it's the wrong pulled, way. Yeah, and so he's constantly pulling himself in each direction between the past and the future and the past and the future which leads me to what you mentioned earlier what i think is the best line to close a book in history so gatsby believed in the green light the orgiastic future that year by year recedes before us it eluded us then but that's no matter tomorrow we will run faster stretch out our arms farther and one fine morning so we beat on Boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. So that that particular line, there's a lot to unpack there because it conjures an image of a person who's on a boat. Like you're you, you're on a boat and you're fighting against the current, which um, literally it, the the current of the water, the waves that are pushing you back. Yeah. However, the word current can also be used to define the present, currently, presently. Yeah. So we beat on boats against the current. We're fighting against the present time, but we're born back ceaselessly into the past. So it's a play on words that is so brilliantly written. I'm sorry, I just also found out about this now because I no. always like looked at it as the boat and right. the current. And is it that brilliant? Like I know. It's like amazing how like, he was able to like, that play on to words. A masterpiece. Yeah, and I stand by what I say. That's the best ending to a book ever yeah. and it's it's a play on the whole struggle that Gatsby had again with always constantly fighting for a future by trying to go back to the past and ended ending up compromising his present in the process yeah like, yeah we've already talked earlier about how Dr. Dr. Eckelberg serves as the eyes of God he's like the eyes that are like overseeing the valley of ashes in that industrial part of New York so that it's actually in the second chapter that valley of ashes um, I like how where we meet the the Myrtle character for the first time. Yeah. Right? So I like how Fitzgerald is able to input his own his own commentary on uh, social class within that single chapter. So he yeah. talks about the Valley of Ashes, how it's like everyone is looks as if they're covered in ashes because it's the industrial part of New York. You know, it's very different from Long Island or Manhattan where all the industry, where all the, you know, the high class, the elite people live is, or where yeah. they work. So in this part of town, it's like, uh, it's covered in ash. All the, all the cars look the same because they're covered in ash and etc. And then that's also where the billboard we see of the, the, the eyes. eyes of the Oculus. That's the, that's the book cover also for some books. Yes, for some editions, it is the, uh, it is the book cover. The book cover, yeah. So 
this is a reference to the original line that Nick has in the book that, uh, you know, we shouldn't judge people unless we take the time to really understand where they're coming coming from from. or what advantages they have. Yeah. Yeah. So which Nick fails to do because he just judges everyone out of his own opinion, of his own perspective. But it's constantly referenced that this Dr. Eckelberg uh, billboard, it's like uh, it's a symbolism for regardless of who you are, whether you're someone who lives in Ash Valley or if you're someone who is like the great Gatsby or if you're someone who's like Tom Buchanan, you are going to be judged through the same lenses. Like, yeah, yeah, everyone gets to be judged the same way. Again, that's like a, a really a really subtle way of injecting metaphors into the book and how like the wealth of people like Gatsby the wealth of people like Tom Buchanan are built because of the hard work of the people who lived in Ash Valley yeah. and it's like oh my god brilliant like very subtle but very poignant as much as I feel like the casting was perfect yeah. but I don't I never imagined um, Myrtle Sussman to look like that yeah because like yeah. he looks so tough in the film but like yeah. In the book, I... F- He's like a loser, right? A loser. In the book, he's supposedly like, like a... Like a lame... Yeah. And then... I don't know. In my mind, he's like this really old, overweight like, yeah, loser guy. The, the the character in the film, guy, he looks like a tough guy who will beat you up. Like Yeah. He plays a very insignificant role throughout the book, but, he, but he's essentially the reason the ending happened. The ending, yeah. So what ends up happening is like, I think it's almost like a metaphor for... Uh, the the poor and the downtrodden, the people who feel like they don't have a way out, because like, you know, he feels like he's stuck there in Ash Valley throughout the book. Like we were made to feel like he's he's resigned himself to that to life. That, like he that, doesn't want to move would out. Never move. Yes. And yes. Then and then day, suddenly he gets pushed to the brink, and you know he takes matters into this own, they, his own hands. Yeah. Do you feel like this is a question? Um, do you feel like it was really Tom's doing? Like, because of what Tom said and what Tom did, it was because yeah. of him that Gatsby died? Definitely. Or, so, I, again, it's another representation. Kind of or- yeah. orchestrated everything. Yeah. So, it's save, like, it's in a... Exactly. To save then, himself. To save himself. Because he... No, not and to his, save himself. And his wife. To save his wife. Yeah, that's why, like, there was a part in the book where he was just in the window and then yeah. Tom and his wife were talking. And yeah. then it looked like he was telling her... That I have it all covered. Uh, we'll get through this. Yeah. Like that. And ha- that's he how... He arranged for everything. Yeah, yeah. That's how he did it. And then yeah. Daisy didn't even bat an eye. Yeah. she Again, she went with a practical choice. Yes. She, she, she chose for what was convenient for her. She decided for to willingly play the fool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll play the fool. I'll do it. That's my role in life. And I... I, I it's just funny, no? How both of... Both of the people who were part of the affair died. Like that's true. Oh, it, yeah. It's like the way it's been connected. Na. okay, Gatsby had an affair with Daisy. Gatsby died, and then that yeah. Myrtle girl had an affair. Yeah. But like, can you imagine if if Daisy knew that Myrtle was actually yeah the, the mistress? No, the, sorry, the, the mistress, mistress of the third party. The third party of Tom. I feel like she wouldn't feel as bad. Like maybe. Eh. Yeah. I mean, if maybe. if for me, I would be like, oh, okay. So sorry yeah. then, you know, like yeah. not so, as guilty, ba? Exactly. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, like Daisy's. That's why Daisy's character is so interesting because you feel like there's a there's a lot of go- goodness in her, and yeah. that she has such a sad situation. But but actually, but, she doesn't. She is yeah. above all. Yeah, she like, gets but too she's fit. really self obsessed, and yeah. like 
she decides to like, no, I'm gonna go with what's convenient for me. For me. You know, for me, um, the one with the heaviest role here who could have like undo everything was yeah. Nick. Yeah. You know how I said in the first part that he was like an, en- an enabler? Like yeah. the first part in... The partying. This, the, the partying party. with Myrtle. Yeah. Myrtle and all. Like, you're the cousin. You're supposed to protect her. You're supposed to, you know, like, be like a family member. Be a legit family member. Like, I know he tried to get away, but if he did something about that and then um, Daisy knew who the girl was, what, yeah. whatever it is, it wouldn't, like, amount to that. Like if, but I feel like it was it was also him trying to live up again to what his dad apparently was trying yeah, to tell yeah, him, like, like not to judge, shouldn't judge yeah, and everything. Like, maybe so he like, just also didn't want to be part because you know, like yeah. it's not his obligation. At the same again, time, he's a wallflower. Like, like he's the observer, observer in the situation. But yeah. at the same time, like he could have prevented things to happen. But yeah. the the most he could do was to tell Gatsby to leave. Yeah, like he even kept that. Remember that part where he kept that line from Gatsby. Yeah. Remember, um, he didn't tell Gatsby about what they Tom were talking, and, yeah, the they were talking were about. Talking. And he didn't, plans, yeah, yeah, like, if he told Gatsby that, maybe Gatsby would be, like, distraught and he would leave and he wouldn't yeah. die. You know, yeah. like, maybe that's why he was talking to that guy because he was, like, blaming himself, I feel. Yeah. Kind of. So, it's it's really interesting because in the earlier parts, I mean, in the very Why first... Why are we blaming people now? <laughs> no, no, because like in the very first... Fate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's easy for us to blame them because we get to see everything that happened beforehand, like the preceding yeah. events and everything. So we're, we're judging them the same way also, that, yeah. that Nick judges Nick's them. Ju- yeah. So it's, 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 really, it's really funny because, yes, again... Nick prefaces the entire book by saying, "My dad told me that you know you should you should be more understanding of other people. You shouldn't be so quick to judge them." And then he proceeds the entire book to judge every character except for Gatsby. And this is this is what he says. It's in the first page of my book. It says, um, "When I came back from the east last autumn, I felt that I wanted the world to be in uniform and at a sort of moral attention forever. I wanted no more riotous excursions with privileged glimpses into the human heart." Only Gatsby, the man who gives his name to this book, was exempt from my reaction. Gatsby, who represented everything for which I have it's an like unaffected score. He had a crazy score. crush on him. Yeah, so like I think the reason why Nick saw Gatsby as someone of, of such high regard was because out of every character that he met, it was only Gatsby who was so obsessed with the idea of pursuing his dream, but not necessarily out of selfishness. Yeah. Gatsby had a dumb dream. He wanted to bring back the past that he had with Daisy. At the base of it all, it's a very dumb, not, you know, it's a very dumb, superficial dream, but it's a dream nonetheless. Yeah. And the fact that he pursued that dream was enough for Nick to give him that respect because he felt like everyone else was living in superficiality, who was living in che- on cheap thrills, jumping from one high to another. And I felt like his romanticism of Gatsby, that's what made Gatsby great, great in his eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, we can close this book out with our final thoughts. Um, do you want to start? Yeah. More than a book about ambition, a love story, yeah. The Great Gatsby is about a woman merely looking out for herself, a handful mm-hmm. of selfish characters driving towards their ill fates that consume them. A heartbreaking love story wasting not-so-innocent victims along the way only to fall back into each other's arms. 
When I was younger, with little to no knowledge about love, I always thought what Daisy and Gatsby had was undying love and that they should end up together because what they had was so powerful. But reading it as an adult, my perspective turned 360 degrees, especially when Daisy said, I love you now. Isn't that enough? Remember yeah. that part? So yeah, reality yeah. check, love is never enough. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's so... Um, my final thoughts about this book is yes. that it's so amazing how something that's so short that's so simply told a story that's very simply structured can generate so much discussion discussion exactly right like (laughs) you and i like we had completely different interpretations of the book and they're both just as valid as the other because there's so much depth to be unpacked in this book and it's very it's impossible for anyone to unpack everything in a single sitting so uh, it requires a very sophisticated perspective in order for you to really unpack yeah. everything that Fitzgerald was trying to display in this book. And I think that's part of the magic of The Great Gatsby. That's why every single time I read it, it I am just as enchanted as the first time. The first time, yeah. Because I am. there's a different perspective that I get to see, that I get to explore. All the time, yeah. When you open, it, yes. It's 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 it has so many layers that I get to unpack every single time I read it, and it of course it helps that it's so beautifully written. So if you were to pick between Hemingway and Fitzgerald, who would it be? It's very different because yeah, so I, will, I will give you an answer. That, I will give you an answer. Who would it be? But yeah, I will give you an answer, but I will explain why first. Yes. So Fitzgerald is very flowery. He's very, you know, it it makes you. It's like you're reading a, a song. A love letter, yeah. Like it's very rhythmic the way that he writes. There's a certain certain rhythm, rhythm and beat to the way yes. that he writes, and it makes the reading experience so uh, easy and so light and everything. But there's actually a lot of depth to unpack to there. Unpack, yeah. Hemingway is more straight to the point. He's very journalistic because he has experience as a journalist. Yes. So that he applied a lot of journalistic principles into his novel writing as well. However, Hemingway also has this very interesting perspective on life because of his own life experiences. He was also in war. And uh, I feel like style-wise, Gatsby... I'm sorry. Style-wise, Fitzgerald wins. Like, if you're just looking for style. But... I feel Story. like Hemingway tells better stories. Stories, yes. Yeah, because of Hemingway was also a deeply damaged person. And like a lot of the brilliance came from that damage. I'm hoping we can cover Hemingway in a future episode. Yeah, maybe season two or <laughs> yeah, season maybe three. Maybe season two, yeah. So we'll see about that. Um, but if I were to pick a writer, I would choose Hemingway. But The Great Gatsby trumps any of Hemingway's work. Works, yes. If, if that makes sense. Um, That's a nice so, answer, yeah. Miss yeah. Universe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know, I guess that concludes my our, thoughts on The Great Gatsby and our review. Yes. And that concludes season one of <laughs> Fiction Friends. Exactly, guys. Yeah. We are done. <laughs> yeah, we're done. We'll <sighs> be back after, I don't know, maybe a couple of months. We'll take a couple of months off. We'll read more books for us to yeah. be able to review so on the podcast. When we yeah. publish, okay, like, you know, it's, it's not ready. Like, yeah, yeah, not like we now that we're doing it weekly and we're stressed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's fine, you know. Um, I, like, we're having a lot of fun doing of this. Course, we, love, we love it. We love 
discussing. talking to you about it also the listeners yes. like everyone who's been like we've been getting posts about people who are buying books because, because of our of, reviews yes. and, and it it's feels really so good. it's fulfilling it's really fulfilling so yeah. please please continue to read please continue to tag us if you ever want to talk about a certain book yes, we'd love to do that yes and don't hesitate to message us we've been having a lot of people messaging us asking us for book recommendations that's correct and, and actually on season 2 we've already we already have a few guests who are lined up a we few have additional three. fiction oh friends three guys we have a few, three. yeah so like um maybe if you message podcasters. us we can develop a relationship with you and then yes. we can you know you be can be friends. a fiction friend also we'll see um yeah so i guess that's it for season one of fiction yes. friends thank you for listening to us this has been jet and mariana see yeah, you so we'll see you season for season two. two okay bye bye